Hi, and welcome to Dying to Ask, where we have passed a rather unusual yet very fun milestone. My goal for the show this year is to crack the top 50 podcasts in the self-help motivation category on Apple Podcasts. There are now, depending on who you ask, close to 1 million podcasts out there (laughs) in the world. Self-help is super competitive because, you know, 2020, all the things. But in the last month, Dying to Ask has actually made it to number 35 in self-help in Bulgaria. Seriously, I don't get it, but I'll take it. And thank you, Bulgaria. We have, however, in case you're wondering, you know, how we are actually doing in this country. We're at, we did make it up to uh, 165 in America for Apple Podcasts, which is pretty awesome. And again, this is in the self-help category. And it's because you guys share the show on your social pages. So that's why I nag at the end of the show a lot. And thank you to everybody who has been sharing it. It's been um, kind of fun to watch this stuff coming in. On the show today, a show that, by the way, we might do okay in Romania next week because that's where my guest, Carmen Mixa, is originally from. Carmen is a real estate agent by trade. She is a runner by obsession, a writer by passion, and a middle-aged rapper by, well, I'll let her explain that one. Carmen is one of the few people I know these days who is thriving Despite the pandemic, homeschool, stay-at-home orders, all that stuff, she has not finished Netflix. She is the one. And she's killing it in her job. She's doing great in real estate. She got her fastest marathon time this year, crossed off a bucket list item, and published her first poetry book. And her outlook is really bright and joyful, which is also really rare. I met Carmen last year through running, and her Instagram feed has consistently been a positive place to go to for a little positivity boost when other people are maybe bringing you down a little bit in those doom scrolling feeds. So I asked Carmen, how is it that you are thriving when so many of us feel like we're barely surviving? And her answer was, I schedule my fun first. What? (laughs) I'm just dying to ask why you may need to rethink your calendar. How Carmen says growing up in a communist country actually gave her an edge in handling the pandemic. And how a middle-aged mom became a rap sensation. And yes, she will rap. Carmen Mixa is my guest on Dying to Ask. I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and I've been anchoring morning news for more than 20 years. I know two things. One, that phrase, I'll sleep when I'm dead, is starting to seem likely. And two, the best conversations take time. Dying to Ask is my chance to have longer, more meaningful conversations without a producer yelling rap in my ear. Personal change requires personal growth. And these days, Plan B is the new Plan A. Ready to do life bigger and better despite the Rona? This is Dying to Ask. Well, hi, Carmen. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on, Deidre. You're always doing fantastic, though, aren't you? I mean, isn't that kind of like your calling card? Yes, it is. Like, you know, we have two choices in life, to feel grumpy and unhappy or to wake up happy. I don't think you... Do you have grumpy days? I don't know that I've ever (laughs) seen you on social media or even when I've run into you in person. I don't think I've ever seen you in a grumpy state. Well, believe it or not, I did have some grumpy days like at the beginning of the first uh, lockdown, you know, but then I just I just picked myself up and marched on. Kept on going. (laughs) I know I I can barely remember the beginning of the lockdown. Isn't it funny? Doesn't it feel like a long, long time ago? Yes, it does. I, I was going through my phone the other day and I was pulling up pictures from March and the beginning of April and I was seeing some of the stories I was doing from home when I was working from home and and I thought, wow. I didn't know anything back then about what was coming. <laughs> you know, 
we were talking about it being a few weeks and, oh, we'll do this for a couple of weeks. And it's, it's just funny how much our lives have changed in, in the span of a year. Yes, it is. It is very interesting. It, it has become unreal, like that brand of chocolate. I don't know if you know it. What is that? I just, yeah, it's really awesome. Um, it's um, it's coconut um, and it's uh, dark chocolate on top, and that brand is really delicious. So I say, in order to deal with this unreal year, I'm gonna eat a lot of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you must have had a lot of chocolate because it's been yes. quite the year, quite the year. But you know what's funny? A lot of people are saying it's been a horrible year for them. You know, their 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 plans were derailed. They didn't get to go on the trip. They didn't get to do the things they wanted to do. Maybe they didn't hit the goals they had in business. But you're one of the few people I know who has actually been firing on all cylinders and almost from the very beginning. And it's really interesting to me because you continue crossing off goals and and checking off things that were on your bucket list, despite the dumpster fire that a lot of us have been living in. And when I when I texted you about that, you said, oh, well, you know, it's probably the way I was I was I grew up. (laughs) I was better prepared to handle the sacrifice of a pandemic. Yes, yes. Absolutely. I mean, I um, I grew up in communist Romania uh, for 16 years, you know, and um, it, I was, I guess, like better prepared, although I didn't expect it would be so long, right. you know, um, but I, I decided uh, because I also had two big trips canceled uh, last year. I was supposed to go to Tokyo, run Tokyo Marathon, and then London Marathon got canceled twice. So I constantly had to pick myself up and say, okay, this is not meant to be for this mm-hmm. year. Let's keep on going with other plans, you know. And and as a matter of fact, during the first lockdown, I seized that opportunity to to finish uh, my poetry book. Which yeah, I mean, said, you had all kinds of things you to wanted to do. It. Yeah. What What was it though about yes, growing up yes. in a? What was it about growing up in communist Romania though? Um, I guess this would be what in the eighties, probably. What yes. What was it about growing up in that time that prepared you to handle the frustration of life over the last year? Well, obviously, you know, growing up there was very different in the sense that you know every we were told what to do. You know, during communism, you don't really have freedom of choice and of expression, and. And also going to school, uh, school was very tough because you were rarely told, wow, great job, Carmen. I had to do something really exceptional to be told, great job, Carmen. I remember in in high school, I won a competition for uh, writing a short story and I was sent to a big literary camp, a national literary camp with other writers. And that was the first time my, my English teacher said, wow, congratulations, Carmen, way to represent our school. But you had to do something big to hear that great job. So with that in mind, I always thought that I'm not working hard enough, that I have to keep pushing. I have to please, you know, my teachers, my parents, the society. Like I had to be, you know, working extra hard. And I had that inner drive too. Like I was very conscientious at all times. Like I would know, Sometimes I would spend eight hours studying or reading or doing things. And and that was the way I grew up, you know, and, you know, it was, uh, you know, intrinsic. My motivation was intrinsic from early on because um, 
I felt like I was the only child, you know, I don't have any siblings. And my dad was a great motivator. He would say, hey, Carmen, if you finish uh, first this year, I'm going to take you on a trip. And I love trips, you know, and I would be like, okay, daddy. And then I would bring home the grades and I said, look, daddy, I finished first. And he's like, okay, let's go to Russia. (laughs) That's so interesting. So when... Because it's funny, like, I remember when all of a sudden we had this, I'm talking like back in April, May, when we had empty shelves on stores, people, I heard a lot of people saying, it's like we're in a communist country, you know, like, <laughs> and it's, it sounds so trite, because it, it is actually nothing at all, like, you know, living maybe the way you grew up or other people grew up in, in you know, true communist countries. But the, but the idea of not being able to have what you want, when you want it, where you want to get it. Um, was very foreign to a lot of Americans. Absolutely. And that's another thing, you know, um, growing up, uh, we didn't have access to, like, you had to wait in line for hours to get a piece of meat or, like, sugar, flour, bread, like, all these necessities, you know. And for some reason, I we didn't rough it very much. My parents did pretty well. But, like... Uh, it, it was nothing like communism, just not to see toilet paper here. Right. Yes, you know. We... <laughs> but it did. But it did remind you to be patient, which is it sounds like is certainly a skill you you had learned at a pretty young age. Yes, yes, you have to be patient because sometimes my parents would say, "Go and hold the line because we're gonna be there for five hours to try to buy some meat," and I would be like, "Okay," and waiting in line it was about talking to other people so at first i dreaded it because i was a kid and i wanted to play not to wait in line you know (laughs) yeah and but then i realized hey there are other kids here and i i just get to talk to people so i would just make the best out of the situation and that's what coming is uh taught me you know we can always find the best in every situation if we really look if we're really mindful and and I love that saying, you know, it can always be worse, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, but every time we say that, something bad happens this year. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, trust me. It's trust so me. Funny. I was talking to a, to a friend and, and, and I said, this is worse than communism when the lockdown happened because in my mind, what was worse was the fact that all of a sudden I couldn't hug my friends anymore. Yeah. I I had to stay away from my friends. So in my mind, I said, this is even worse than communism. I can't even see my friends. At yeah. least there, we were seeing each other every day. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah, I mean, and that that um, powerless feeling you when you don't have the choice to go do something as simple as go hug a friend has been really challenging and really um, paralyzing for a lot of people, I think, this year. And one of the ways that's manifested is that a lot of people have said it's just been really tough to get themselves going. You know, if there was something that they really were pursuing or wanting to do, like 2020 was the year of, I'm going to do everything. Remember how excited people were at the beginning of the year? And here are my goals. Yes. And this is everything I'm going to do. And it all came to a screeching halt. Um, but it didn't for you. And it's interesting talking to you because you you made a decision after your, your real estate agent um, and after your company had to go on hold for a while just due to the new rules, you you pretty quickly pivoted and decided, well, okay, I've got this free time and I have these other things I want to pursue. And one of them was a poetry book you had been kind of noodling yes. around for years. So yes. you, you just kind of sat down and started doing it. How How do you find the motivation to sit and just do things like that? Right. Um, I just... 
I'm, I'm a very good motivator. People tell me that, uh, you know, I'm very inspiring and that I motivate them to do things. And one way I motivate myself is I, I, I write it on the calendar and I write it by hand. I don't like to use fancy calendars. I like to make my uh, to-do list by mm -hmm. hand so that I can cross things off of it. And so I go to bed with, with the idea, I'm going to wake up, I get my running first, and then I write. Yeah. Um, and then also, I have a very good trick I learned about 20 years ago when I first became a real estate agent to make sure to put my fun first in the calendar. Okay, say that again. Okay. This, so, is, this is like so ridiculous, it's brilliant. <laughs> you schedule so, your fun. Yes. Every time you schedule your week or your month, whatever you schedule, sit down with your calendar and write in all your fun commitments first or or whatever, whether you meet with people or, or whether it's something fun that you want to do yourself that day. Right. Like um, and so once you do that, you fill in your work. But the fun goes in first because you're going to be this is your motivation to do those hard things that you dread doing. This and, is so and, funny, though, because this is the exact opposite of every calendar. The purpose of a calendar, the purpose of a calendar is to keep track of our responsibilities, the work, the school, the doctor's appointments. It's it's so funny. It's like it's just a flip, but it is a complete mindset changer. Exactly, because every time we, we have a mindset, you know, a different mindset on things, like if I say, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I just have to spend hours uh, revising my poetry so that I get this poetry book out. Whereas if I say I'm going to go for a great run to get inspired by nature and then I come back and I'm so privileged and so excited to to actually write this uh, this poetry book, you know. So you schedule when you talk about scheduling fun, like what's on what's on the fun list this week? What did you write in? Yes. So for this week, I, I had a lot of fun running uh, trips. I mean, running uh, uh, meetings with a good friend. And I also have um, I have already for next week. Uh, it's our daughter's birthday, Sophia. And we're going to go to have a little, um, we're going to go play mini golf as a family. Why do you think it's so um, motivating or important to actually plan these things out? Because a lot of us will kind of wing it. I'm kind of the queen of winging it. Like I would be like, hey, it's four o'clock. Let's go play mini golf or, you know, fill in the blank. Why do you think it's important to actually make the plan, communicate the plan with the family and write it down? I... I think it's so important, Deidre, because when you, I even read a study. Do people know that if you just talk about taking a trip, you're immediately happier and you are on a, you know, like on an excitement because you're just talking about planning a trip. You're not even taking the trip, you know? But it already so has it, that, that emotional connection to it. Exactly. And, and to me, when I plan things, you know, I, I just look forward to my week because I look at my fun stuff, what's happening next week. Uh, you know, like I said, we already have the birthday. I already have in the calendar meeting with a friend I haven't seen in three weeks. So I, the whole week revolves around, you know, the, the activities that give us joy, yeah. you know, 
And, and when you do that and when you will actually plan it, it also happens, Deja, because you feel bad about canceling on people. Mm-hmm. But if you constantly try to wink things, um, I used to have friends like that who constantly wink things and they would throw things at me at the last moment. And it's actually to me, it's irritating because I feel that I'm not emotionally pre- prepared for that. And you haven't and looked I'm, forward to it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I'm good about winging it too. Sometimes we have to do it, you know? It's so important to be flexible, you know? Yeah. Um, and so they used to tell me, well, you need to be more flexible. And I'm like, yeah, and you need to plan better. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, this is this is a great, I love this mantra, though, schedule the fun first. I mean, it's a real, it's like having your dessert first. Exactly. Yeah, that is, it's really interesting. Okay, so you have continued to thrive this year, and you sent me a note, and you came up with 10 things that have helped you thrive. So I'm going to walk you through them. Because I thought yes. they were, I was like, wow, that's a winner. That's a winner. That's good, too. I mean, this is so interesting to me. And I think the fact that you wrote them down is probably what makes them so powerful because this is basically like your guidebook that you're living by. The first one is to become more altruistic, more creative, and a kinder human being. And there's a lot of research that shows that empathy and kindness are powerful in how we feel and how, and how we view ourselves in the world. Yes, absolutely. And there is power... Another way to develop empathy is when we're reading the classics, when we read books that are powerful, we become more empathetic because we put ourselves in those characters' shoes. And, and if we also do that in these times, because so many people go through really hard times and, and we have to be empathetic and just understand their point of view, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, Everywhere I go, if, if, you know, you just let someone else go in front of you, maybe you have so many things in your shopping cart and they only have one thing. I always try to look around me and I say, oh, go first, please, or open the door for someone or, or simply say, I really like your T-shirt or, or like just giving genuine compliments. I think we need to do more of that, especially in these difficult times. Yeah, I think that's a great one. We had a, um, a guest on recently, Kendall Westenberg, an Olympian, and she talked yes. about her mantra, which is the Olymp- an Olympic mantra and something she had learned um, through a sports psychologist, which was control what you can. And, right. and you're right. There's a lot to get irritated about this year. I mean, so much to get irritated about. Everywhere you go, there's something to, to set you off. But if you make that decision that I'm not reacting to it because there's nothing I can do to control it, it is a real calming kind of thing. Your second one, um, and this is a tough one for people, especially in our social media world, is quit being so judgy. Let go of the judgment. Mm-hmm. Yes. So... We all have different things that we actually are very good at doing in this life. And we are all born with amazing gifts. I think our job is to discover those gifts and to constantly find new gifts. You know, like like last year, I discovered that I can actually rap. So I started to compose rap songs, you okay, know? Okay, stop for a minute because people are like, okay... <laughs> She grows up in communist Romania. She moves over here. She's a real estate agent. She's a mom. She's clearly very smart and has her act together. And now she's a rapper. <laughs> but you are. Yes. I got like 17,000 views on Instagram. And and my kids say, Mom, that's just your poetry and you're doing rap. And I'm like, yes, that's what it is, kids. <laughs> Why? Where did that come from? 
Well, that came from, um, first I wanted to send messages about, uh, my very first rap was about social distance and, uh, you know, like uh, not hugging. So, uh, you know, being better in this pandemic because I immediately recognized that we have to do our share, mm -hmm. you know, and instead of complaining about wearing a silly mask or keeping our distance, we can be kinder and we can just do our, so, our, our share for the greater good, you know. Do you, do you remember any of it off the top of your head? I hate to like put you on the spot, but I am. <laughs> do you remember a few lines of it? Um, yes. Um, as a matter of fact, um, uh, the last one, which was very successful, was like... Um, leaving 2020 behind That'll it was work. like yeah leaving 2020 behind petrified terrified confined yet dignified and justified we had enough grind way too much on our mind so we're more inclined to let 2020 21 preside and you know then i had yo yo sacramento so that's the starting line <laughs> yeah i love it i love it i mean like you also have kind of let go of some inhibitions because to be willing to go out there and be, and I'm in this same category, the middle-aged middle yes. mom, <laughs> you know, <Yes. laughs> who's out there rapping, you got to kind of go, not only am I not going to judge other people, I'm not going to care if they judge me. Yes, exactly. Like, and it's, it was so funny. They started to, I had on this song, I recorded it in Sedona, Arizona. My husband recorded it for me. And I had 20 different rappers on Instagram say, we want to promote you. This is great. You got such talent. Are and you I'm like, serious? I am. I can show you. Like They were like, this is great. We don't have enough women doing rap. And and I promoted it. And, um, you know, they, they said, when do you get the next rap song? We want to keep promoting you. And I'm like, this cannot be real. This is just something that I started doing. And now they're saying this is good. You know, I'm like, I know I need work on it, you know, because I'm not I'm really satisfied with things that I do in my life. You know, I can be hard on myself. So I keep on working on it. And this last one, you know, everybody said, this is my favorite one, Carmen. I worked on it for like an hour composing it and then <laughs> recording it. I, know. I love and, it. Okay, I'm gonna keep working. Just, I'm gonna keep working through your ways to thrive list. The next one, and I think that actually that last story really falls into it, is to to embrace your inner child, which sometimes, especially in the middle of the pandemic, when you have a lot of responsibilities between homeschooling and and working in unusual ways and just the stresses of life and hoping <laughs> to not get sick, is a very difficult thing to do. But you say. Go for that inner child, which I guess means go have some fun and don't assume you can't be able to do something. Yes, absolutely. Um, I remember in seventh grade, my French teacher back in Romania, she wrote in French to me and she said, um, keep your inner, uh, child's, um, inner childhood eyes open. It was it was very beautiful in, in French, you know. Um, Everything's and, better in French. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Isn't it? And, and I was her favorite student, you know, and um, and I was like, ever since then, I ha I hold this very dear to my heart because we forget to have fun as as adults, and we think like like my kids sometimes now are embarrassed about my rapping, and I'm like, hey kids, this is my way to de-stress and to take really good care of you, you know. I I can just find that inner child 
every single day and then I'm happy for the rest of the day. I can tackle, you know, hard tasks and I'm good to go. <laughs> Before we get to the last one, let me let me just sidebar because I'm curious. Are your kids wired the same way you are given the fact that they, they're growing up in this culture? So they are they are wired the same way in one um, in one example. They're both driven. They're both very conscientious. I don't have to tell them to do their homework ever. They just stay in their room. They do all their work. And after they're done doing homework, they go on their devices with their friends and they play. Mm -hmm. And how old are your kids? Yes. Um, Sophia is turning 14 this Monday and Alex um, is 15. Um, so, yes, he's going to be 16 in June. They're teenagers. Wow. Um, my, my kids would lose it if I said, hey, I've decided to become a rapper like that. Well, they would <laughs> they would assume I had lost it. Number one. <laughs> So you're doing something right there, mom. All right, let's get on. To, the last thing I want to bring up from your ways to thrive right now list is to maximize time and don't squander it. And this comes right back to the original point, which was about scheduling in your fun. Because a lot of people, we've had more time on our hands, free time, than we've maybe had since we were children. But a lot of us do feel like we've squandered time because we did go watch all of Netflix or whatever because it was tough to find the motivation. So maybe leave us with a few final thoughts about looking at time and finding ways, no matter what we're dealing with, to really enjoy life. Yes. We all know that time is actually our most precious commodity. And when we waste it, when we do something that that's not going to help us grow, we cannot regain that it's it's gone it's lost and i have a great analogy my father in romania he was a watchmaker and i i tell my daughter that i am the daughter of time ditra oh <laughs> and so i i have so many wonderful memories you know of my dad he was the the most calm person in the world and when we he used to take me to the train station because I used to study out of my little town, you know, in a big university town. And sometimes I would get mad at him. I would say, Daddy, we're going to miss the train. He's like, child, I have everything calculated to the second. We are going to be there at such and such time. So he would tell me, right? And I'd be like, yeah, but can't we just walk a little faster? Like I would be, you know, like full of energy and rambunctious. And he's like, no, we'll be there at that time. And so now I do that to Sophia. Like I used to take her for uh, her musical performances at um, Harry Center and she would get excited. She's like, don't be late, mom. You sometimes are late because you do too many things. And I'm like, Sophia, I am the daughter of time. I will get you there <laughs> on time. <laughs> That is a wonderful story. I love that. It's weird yeah. to me um, that that so many people don't wear a watch anymore. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh my gosh, yes. I um, I used to have a watch. Like there were not many things in Romania, but because my dad was a watchmaker, I was one of the very first kids in the at school who had the watch. Like I got my watch in second grade or so. You know. Right. Right. I love and that. I was just so thrilled, you know, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have a watch. And then my dad would change them for me. He would say, well, I got you a new watch. I'm like, perfect. Oh, that's <laughs> a, what a great story. Do you have a favorite watch, favorite kind of watch? 
I'm so off uh, topic right now, but I'm just curious because I do love watches. Yes. Um, I have one that I actually keep in the drawer. It was one, um, it's like a small watch that you would hang onto your pants, you know? Like yeah, yeah. Those old fashioned Like a pocket one. watch. And, uh, yeah. Yes, exactly. Like a pocket watch. Actually, my mom brought it uh, for me from Romania. So I keep it in the drawer and I open it. And you can put a little picture inside it. You know, those kind mm -hmm. of watches. I have my grandfather's. Let me think. Is it grandfather or great grandfather? Grandfather's pocket watch. And it's very yes. special to me to look at something like that. Well, daughter of time, we're about out of time, <laughs> which I guess you must have known because you're the daughter of time. But this has been really lovely. And your energy is just absolutely phenomenal. I am curious to know, though, how often do you have a down day? And when you do, what do you do to snap out of it? Yes. I usually have down days when I feel that I, I overscheduled myself. So I have to be careful because with my energy, sometimes I feel like I can do all these things. And then I feel myself really rushed. And then I, I get a little, you know, upset and mm -hmm. I maybe start shouting at the kids. <laughs> yeah, it happens. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so then I mean, I not to bad. me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, 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 right. no. And they're like, Mom, did you get your run in? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. You know, so. Great. So yeah. it sounds like you're saying roll with them sometimes and then back off a little bit and give yourself a little bit of grace and maybe a little bit of rest too. Exactly. Exactly. Like I have certain days where I'm, like today I slept close to nine o'clock because I felt like this whole week just, I was so busy with work and I just felt really tired. <laughs> so wise. All right. Well, Carmen, what are the best ways for people to keep up with your burgeoning rap career and with all the things you're doing? <laughs> yes. Yes. So on Instagram, they just need to uh, look uh, look me by my name, Carmen Mixa, and it's M-I-C-S-A. And it's actually pronounced Mixa, but everybody says it Mixa, you know. And um, Facebook is the same. Uh, it's um, Carmen Mixa. And then I have, um, I have a blog, which is runningforrealestate.com. And then where do people find the book? The book is called The PR, yes. The Poetics of Running a Book of Poetry in Motion. It's actually, it's a beautiful book. Um, I know I saw it on sale in Fleet Feet stores, but where can people, if they would like to go check that out, where can they find it? Yes, they can find it obviously on Amazon. Um, it is both as an ebook and as a print edition. Um, they can uh, send me a message. I would love to give them an autograph uh, copy. Um, so it's everywhere online on Amazon. And I will give back from the sale of each book. Uh, I, I give back to Girls on the Run, the Sacramento chapter, um, because I want to contribute and give back to the running community and our Sacramento community. And what is the next goal? I mean, you've got the book done. Is there another, what's the next bucket list thing to kick off this year? Yes, I think I'm going to start uh, rewriting and revising my memoir. That was my first project. That was my thesis for my master's degree in English. And for some reason, I thought that would be my first book that I published, but I wasn't happy and satisfied with fully satisfied with it so I need to get back at it well it sounds like you've added all kinds of new content for it too in the last few years so that's right it'll be good I mean now you got a rap career so you got to add that in <laughs> Carmen thank you so much for joining us and thanks for um sharing some of your your great ways to thrive in 2021 thank you so much for having me I have never missed any of your podcasts I love that <laughs>
<laughs> I'm sure that's the secret for why you're thriving so much. <laughs> Absolutely. If people did the same thing, they would they would be happy. Clearly, and it day. is the key to living better is to listen to Dying to Ask. I love it. Thank you, yes. Carmen. Carmen mentioned that she is reading a lot these days. And if you are looking for a fun place to learn about books, I have got a great podcast recommendation for you. It's a podcast called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, which I know sounds weird. It's kind of a play on words, actually. It's hosted by Zibby Owens, and she puts out an episode almost every single day. They're never longer than 30 minutes, and they are fantastic interviews with authors, big and small, male and female, of all different types of genres, and they're wonderful. And a lot of them are the books that are at the top of the New York Times bestseller or soon will be. So it's a great place to go discover new authors. Um, a disclaimer, though, you will probably end up buying a lot of books. <laughs> or getting them from the library. So make sure you uh, check it out. And again, it's called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, and you can catch it on all the big podcast platforms. If you want to reach out to me, just DM me on Instagram. You'll find me at runreadsip. And thank you again to everybody who has been sharing this podcast and letting their friends and family know about it. Big in Bulgaria. <laughs> Let's see where we'll be next week. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on Dying to Ask.